the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. Thank you for tuning in. Good deal of sunshine still the rest of the afternoon. High of 67. Clear skies tonight. Low in the 45 degree uh, area. Then cloudy tomorrow. We get a quick shower. 69 to high. Sixers won their season opener last night. 107-93 over Boston. Good sign. Actually, all five starters had 15 or more points. They spread the responsibility around. Led by Ben Simmons with 24. Flyers are at Chicago tonight. 830 Thursday night football this evening, Washington at Minnesota, 8-20. And in World Series action, I was uh, watching the game. It was 2-2, two two, Joe Harnett. And all of a sudden, the game got out of hand really quickly. The phrase that came to mind was, that was quick. Washington went went up like 8-2 to two or something, like in, in no time flat. Yeah. And won 12-3. So the Nationals are... I did are, not know that, you know. Yeah, what? When I was here at work, I heard, oh, it was like a two-run game. It was a close game, and then they just... They won, they won, I mean, nine runs. So Washington is two wins away from its first ever That's a blessing. Title. That's fantastic. Of course, well, I love both teams. I, I, I really like the Astros. They were at the bottom of the pack yeah. for 10 years. They must have gotten 10 first-round picks. And that Altuve, I will take a 5-6 ball player that hits 40 home runs any day. 5-6. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's quite a player. He's a very special player. And, yeah, at this point, you know, I guess you, we've talked about this before. If your if your hometown team's not in it, assuming you root for your hometown team, the Phillies in this case, you <laughs> you uh, maybe root for the teams in your division. Right. So at least you have the the champion from your division. And if the Nationals win, that's certainly the case. Uh, but even bigger news than all that. Oh yeah, I, I'm glad too. It looks like the Phillies have themselves a new manager in Joe Girardi, who no um, relation by. No relation to you? No. Usually you say that when the last name is the same, not the first name. And that's what makes me different. <laughs> okay. So, yes, that's the <laughs> the lovely, hardest-working producer in Philadelphia radio between 402 and 458.50, Joe Harnett, adding whatever it is he adds to our broadcast, which is, you know, hard to define. It is. It it's, is. It's equal parts. But there's a cuteness. Oh, there's, it's undeniable. <laughs> undeniable. So, Joe Girardi... The manager, uh, he was with the Yankees for a lot of years, including the last time the Phils were in the World Series in 2009. He was on the other side helping the Yankees defeat the Phillies. So he has a history, if nothing else, that way. Managed the Marlins for a year, did some good work, but was let go after a year. So, And he was also ma- named manager of the year for the Mar- when he was manager of the Marlins. Yeah. What do you do when the, when you're manager of the year? Get fired. You get fired, sure. <laughs> Joe, I want to tell you, you've been doing a fantastic job with this program. Oh. <laughs> Wait, let's go to break. So we'll see. He's 55. He looks like he's in that sweet spot of, of uh, you know, youthful enough, energetic enough, been around enough, grizzled veteran, 
He's a, you know, he's a catcher. And he's a catcher, which I love. The, I do, too. The grit a catcher brings. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're in on every pitch. They're used to getting the foul tips and off the mask and off the whatever, the shins. And they they have to think. They're calling the game. People focus on pitchers and what they do. But they got to have a, a, a guy who's calling the game and working with them the entire time. Yeah, and a, so. and a catcher is the only guy that's actually facing the field. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, Joe Girardi, former player in his own right as well. Going to be a manager of the Phils, it looks like here. So we'll see. I'm excited for that. I think it's a good pick. Uh, I, I will say one other quick thing. I don't. We don't have a way to do this, but you know, Gabe Kapler, who was the Phillies manager for a couple of years, uh, I'd done some DJ work at Dupont Hospital. Uh, did I tell you the story it, before? It, yes, and it's a beautiful story. Well, I'll keep it short. Uh, but they had. You told me you didn't tell. The I didn't audience. tell the audience. No, I can't remember if I, I did or not. So. so Every January, the Phillies, they do chari- Phillies charities. I've worked with them for 20 years, off and on doing doing stuff. And one of the events the Phillies charities does is they work and they go to Dupont, and they have a just they bring a fun day into the hospital for kids who are chronically not able to. You know, they're going to be there for a while, probably lots of weeks, if not months. And so the Phillies bring in um, four or five players. They bring in the manager. They bring in um, you know, face painting, and they bring me in. I bring a photo booth in, and I bring music, and they have, like, mini putt-putt. And some of the kids are, you know, wheelchair-bound. Some of the kids are just frail, uh, whatever it is. But they do a couple hours. They bring lunch in. It's a really nice time. They do it in January every year when the, when the players have a little more time, and they do a tour of the area doing other things. Right. So this past January, earlier this year, I was um, it was wrapping up. And the players had all gone, and they had gladly done their their time there and enjoyed being there. But Kapler stayed longer than all the players did. He didn't have to, but he did. And I took a quick picture of – he was on his knee, uh, one knee, and I think it was, and he was talking to a young girl in a wheelchair. And her parents were nearby. You could tell they were just appreciating. He he was not rushing, like, uh, you know, I did my 90-minute appearance. And, and and all that. He was legitimately engaged in this young girl's situation. Yeah. You see, it's, it's a side of, a, of of him you won't see publicly. Right. But that's, I, a, that's a man. Yeah. I like catching people at their best. You know, yeah. we all have our yeah. problems. If we, right. if all we do is, like, look at, you know, right. catch each other when we're not at our best, well, we kind of already see that sometimes anyway. Yeah. I'd <laughs> rather be gracious and yeah. focus I on that. I think that's a great thing to do. Yeah. Well, anyway, so – so I'll be sad to see Gabe Kapler go in that regard. Uh, the person the person that I interacted with, I I liked um, the times at the ballpark and all that. But you know, of course, you have to have the the skills with the managing, and maybe maybe it wasn't quite. Maybe there's other factors too with maybe the, the injuries the Phillies had and all that. So right. we'll see. But moving forward, we have Joe Girardi. It looks like coming in to manage the Phillies. Um, looking forward as well for this program, Joe. Very special. We have a lot happening this hour. All right. Yes, um, and it's covering a com- couple ends of the spectrum we have a not one but a couple of contestants from the voice which is you know that that program which has uh kelly clarkson mm-hmm. uh john legend yeah, Blake john shelton legend. and gwen stefani yeah. and there's a whole system to how it works but uh there there are tons of contestants and then it gets whittled down to a champion eventually we had um, season 15 champion Chevelle Shepard on last Christmas. I remember that. Yeah, she's a, a sweetly young girl yeah. and um, has a strong testimony as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyhow, we like to have get, I like to have people on from all walks of life just to learn from them. What, what's the experience like being on a show like that? Yeah. You know. And so we're going to have not one but two contestants, both actually teenagers. You don't have to be a teenager to be on the show. 
but they happen to be, and they each have interesting stories. One of them, her, um, I think it was her grandparents, or she has a relation to artists we used to play on our radio station, uh, Billy and Sarah Gaines. They're like a oh, husband. Yes. Yeah, they, like it's their granddaughter or whatever, or like some of the, she, <laughs> yeah. They have a long history on our radio. St- I know it sounds like, anyway, like, wow, am I that old? That that's, yeah. Isn't that that possible? Yeah. But on our radio station, we used to play Billy and Sarah Gaines' music. And so you'll be playing their granddaughters. Isn't that something? (laughs) Right. So anyhow, they'll be coming up. (laughs) Speak for yourself. The other thing I'm going to tell you, though, I mean, there's a lot. We'll try and shoehorn it all in. We're looking forward to having a very special guest on the second half of the program. His name is Kyle Carpenter. And uh, he has a book out just uh, just out called You Are Worth It, uh, Building a Life Worth Fighting For. I don't know if you heard this story. He's the youngest living recipient of the Medal of Honor, which is the highest military distinction, mm-hmm. uh, you know, de- decoration in the U.S. He was um, – he, he basically was about to give – he gave his life by uh, yes. falling on top of a grenade. A hand grenade. There's a whole story behind it. But his book is part military and part life. because It's very fa- – one of the most fascinating things about this book. Right. He had, and he's had 40 surgeries since yes, that I've day. Yes, seen, I've seen them. Okay. So – so one of the most fascinating parts about this book is that it's equal parts telling the story, mm-hmm. but it also has a lot to do with everyday life and the fact he's not defined by it. That, to me, as, as much as a person could not be defined by something they've done in their lives, um, you know, like in uh, – what, what's the movie? Um, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Napoleon Dynamite. There's Uncle Rico or whatever, and okay. he he's like a he's like a. You ever, did you ever see Napoleon Dynamite? No. So there's an uncle in that movie where he's living in this college glory of like I was a great pastor. So everything he does revolves around something he did 25 years ago. Right. You know. Right. So there's the whole thing. If there's <laughs> ever somebody who could be like that, this guy Kyle Carpenter. Remember the time I fell on top of a grenade yeah. and almost saved your life? Like that could be all he ever is. But from how he writes this book, it's just part of his life. It's a huge part. It physically altered him. But he's not writing and living in a way like that is where my that that's going to be the high part of my life. I'm 25, whatever year, however when it happened, there's much more to come. I think that's a great thing. If nothing else, I took from the book is don't look at your life if you stop and say this was that that's my defining moment, and then the rest of it I'm kind of just biding my time or like especially if you're under God's care, you can say every day has value to it. Whatever you want to do with me today, God, I'll trust that you're going to use it. You know. So there's a strength there that yeah, I, like yeah. The, I, I want to hear the conversation because you wonder where the strength comes from. Yeah. Yeah. So Kyle Carpenter going to be our guest as well. It's all happening this hour. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back uh, with one of our two guests from The Voice and we'll continue on from there. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show. It's AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. 415, The Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL, WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in. As we move along through the hour here, our first guest is Zoe Upkin. She's part of Season 17 of The Voice, part of Team Legend, John Legend. Hello, Zoe. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks for checking in today. (laughs) No problem. Thank you for having me. Of course. You know, um... The experience you've had so far with The Voice, I'm guessing, has been a ton of fun. And uh, when I saw your bio as well, I realized there's a connection because our radio station here in Philly used to play 
uh, the music of your grandmother. Believe it or not, it sounds so old, but I'm sure it's not Sarah Gaines. Oh my godmother! Um, that's so cool. Yes, your sorry godmother. Yeah, she's yeah. so talented. Yeah, it was Billy and Sarah Gaines right there, the husband wife duo. They had a number of songs back in the uh, I guess yes. 80s and 90s. So that's neat. Yes. <laughs> Great. Well, how has it been for you so far with the voice, and what got you started? And even thinking, let me give this a shot. Um, what really happened was I was staying at my friend's house. Um, my parents were out of town, and we were watching The Voice. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, I feel like I could do this. Um, I had just gone into high school, started um, singing with an acapella group, and I was just now like starting to actually sing on stage by myself. And um, I called my parents, and I was like, I feel like I could audition for The Voice. And they were like, okay. So we looked up um, the auditions, and they were coming to Nashville very soon after that. So I started preparing for that, and the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, my understanding, that, I mean, it's obviously a, a big path, like a big funnel at the beginning, and then it narrows as time goes on. You happen to have the kind of in-person situation where you could go and and at the very beginning, right? But like anybody could go initially. Although if you if it doesn't come near you, can you can someone else who's watching you on the voice and say and they think the same thing? Do you know if they can do that? You know if they happen to be a thousand miles away from the nearest one, can they do something online to, initially? I think there is a way where you can. I think you can send in videos or something like that. Yeah. Um, but they also go to different places, not just Nashville. Sure. But um, a lot of people that I know, if they didn't have a place near them, they would travel to um, the closest one. Yeah. And I feel like there are people that probably sent in videos, I think, to okay. the voice. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I, but at some point, obviously, you need to be there in person as the process unfolds. Uh, we're chatting with Zoe Upkins. She's on Team Legend with The Voice. And so now at this point, one of the cool things, I was watching the video of you in the battle round uh, with you and Kalia, and both mm -hmm. on you know both on the same team there. What an experience that must have been for you. Uh, can, can you kind of unpack that for people, uh, for those who may have missed what happened and, and how you felt? So John paired me with Kalia, who's one of my favorite people in this entire world. She's so sweet, so down to earth, so talented. At first, we were like trying to like get in the vibe of the song. It wasn't a song that we had both sang together before, so we had to get used to it. Um, we tried to make it our own. Um, John and Usher helped us with that. They basically made up lines for us to sing, um, and that really changed the song for the better, I feel like. The battle rounds were so fun. <laughs> we had so fun, and I feel like whenever you just go in with the mindset of having fun and just giving it your all, it makes the performance even better. Yeah, and it's such an it's such an interesting the way the whole battle round is set up in a way like you're supposed to be working together, and then you know at the end of the song one of you is not going to be working anymore, so to speak, unless something happens. Yeah. Right. So is that is that? I mean, did you know uh, Kalia before the voice in any way? So that because you sound like you know you guys you guys get along very well. And in fact, when she was chosen initially, and then she heard that John was going to try and bring you back on, she was jumping for joy for you, which just must have been a really cool thing to see that she was even though she had just been picked, that you uh, that she was so happy for you to also perhaps be coming back and continuing on. Yeah, when I saw that, my heart smiled. That was the sweetest thing ever. Um, no, I did not know Kalia before the um, 
the voice, but um, throughout this entire process, you get to meet and um, create relationships with people that I feel like are going to last forever, and she's definitely one of those relationships that I've made. Um, and I feel like we both went in thinking if one won the round, we would still be happy for each other, and you could see that in the episode, how she was so happy whenever I was saved and tried to get stolen, but... Yeah. yeah, we were super happy for each other. That's really cool. Zoe Upkins is our guest. She's with Team Legend on this season of The Voice. And in that battle round, mentioned Kalia winds up getting chosen by John after all the other judges weighed in. But then right away, before you could say even one sentence, you know, he winds up trying to save you and bring you back onto his team. And then a couple other judges, Kelly and Gwen, said, you know, they want to steal you for their teams. Was it hard for you to think through all that? You know, it's everything's moving quickly, I'm sure, but... What led you to jumping back on board with John, and was that difficult for you, or did did you kind of know, you know what, let's keep going with him, he's been working with me all along? It was super overwhelming. In that moment, I didn't even have words to say. I was just filled with joy. I was so happy and so blessed to even – I feel like that's such an honor whenever a coach uses their one steal or save on you. And um, in that moment, um, I felt like I should have stayed with John only because he, like, he made it obvious that he made a mistake by putting me and Kalia together, and he made it obvious that I shouldn't have gone home, so I decided to stay with him. And I'm a really big fan of his, and I feel like he's super talented, just like the other judges but or coaches, but um, I feel like he, I've grown up listening to his music, and I just felt like that was the best decision for me. Yeah, I was, and I was wondering if Kelly Clarkson's, her, her, it was kind of funny the way she said it, she's helped two underage kids become champions, and she's like, not in a creepy way, but <laughs> but that, that is part of her resume. She has, you know, she's won a couple of yeah. seasons, right? So did that, did that at least give you a little reason to pause and think, well, she does know what she's doing in that regard, and I'm 16, right? You're 16, right? So to be able to work with someone in your age range, did that, did that tempt you at all to work with her because she had success in that way before? Yes, that actually tempted me um, since the blinds. Um, Kelly is such a sweet, genuine person, and she has um, had two minors win the voice and definitely did have to stop and think, like, should I go with her? Should I not go with her? But it all happened so fast, so... I decided to stay with John. Yeah. So yes, I did think about that, and Kelly is a great person. You know, John mentioned um, during that battle that after the round that you had improved quite a bit since even the blind audition time. Do you know in what way he meant or what ways he meant? Um, I feel like you, if you looked at my blind audition right before you watched my battle, um, in my blind, I felt like um, my stage presence wasn't as good as it was in the battles. Vocals, they were still good, but I feel like the battles, you could definitely see improvement in not only my vocals, but also in my stage presence. And I felt like during the battles, you could probably see that I was actually owning the stage and I was there to, to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and now just a, one last thing for you. Uh, I, have a, I have five children, and uh, one of them right in the middle is a 16-year-old daughter. And we just, you know, we're at her soccer game over the weekend and all that and everyday normal stuff. She loves singing around the house, and, and she does stuff at our church in our worship band and all that. Um, so for you, just as an everyday 16-year-old, as much as this is a great experience on The Voice, how do you, uh, you know, what do you do with everyday life as far as school or sports or youth group or anything like that? Do you have stuff that kind of keeps you grounded and, and every day? 
Uh, yes, I still go to school. Um, I'm actually currently at school right now doing my interviews. Oh, wow. But um, I don't play sports anymore. I used to play lacrosse and volleyball, but I tore my meniscus and had to get surgery, so I stopped playing sports. I'm also involved in an acapella group at school. Nice. Um, I do musicals, hang out with my friends. I feel like I just do normal things. That's great. <laughs> That's good. Well, enjoy the ride. It's nice to make your, your acquaintance, and congratulations. I'm, I'm guessing, guessing you're having a ton of fun with this experience so far. So uh, keep up. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a great rest of your day, Zoe. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. That's Zoe Upkins, Season 17 of The Voice, one of uh, a couple dozen contestants who are still left in the mix, potential champion in the making. Take a quick break. We have another uh, fine guest from The Voice joining us. Her name is Kat Hammock, and she's going to be checking in a little bit. We also are very much looking forward to having Kyle Carpenter uh, join us. He's the youngest living recipient of the Medal of Honor. An amazing story. He has a new book out um, called You Are Worth It, Building a Life Worth Fighting For. That's coming up in just a moment as well. Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. 427, the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. A lot going on today and much more in the days to come, Lord willing. We do appreciate your prayers for the program. A lot of moving parts to this broadcast and uh, one of those moving parts is our partnership with Transworld Radio. Just a quick heads up, we are working with them in the next week or two or three to raise awareness and also some support for the work they're doing, specifically to build uh, and and to put on a transmitter that will bring the gospel to Nigeria. It's a country with 200-plus million people, the seventh largest country in the world. They already have a presence there with transmitter number one. I think it's been on for about 10 years. But there's a, a big part of Nigeria does not reach. And combined with the fact that transmitter number one is as they've run out of room, all the programming that they are able to broadcast into Nigeria, there's just no more room on their, on that, on their station. So if um, you'd be willing to help out with some level of a gift, you can do that two different ways. You can either call or you can go on our website, WFIL.com. There's a, 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 it's called the Oasis Transmitter. So this is a very big square on our homepage. You can easily find it. Or you can also call toll-free, 888-988-5656, 888-988-5656. We're just trying to raise... Uh, a small amount, maybe uh, it's eight or, about $8,000, I think, toward this project. They have a couple hundred thousand dollars left in the project. And we're just ask, asking our family, or, but then ourselves even here at the station and you too, to just do a little something, be part of that in some shape or form. We would love to uh, have you join us in that. Again, it's 888-988-5656 or uh, online, WFIL.com. Click the Oasis Transmitter Project uh, button, if you will, and uh, and help out. Many hands make light the work, one of many things my mom used to say, and I really believe that's very true. I love it when I hear somebody from so-and-so, this place from there, I did $20, I did $50. Now, as much as it's like great to have people who do larger amounts, it's great to have a lot of people doing just a little something and pitching in together as part of our WFIL family. So thanks to those who have done that and to those who yet will uh, jump on board with us. Um, forecast calling for sun the rest of the afternoon and clear skies tonight, low 43 cloudy tomorrow though, make it a quick shower, although not uh, too chilly 69 actually going up a little bit. Sixers had a nice win last night to open their season. 107.93. What I thought was pretty cool is all five starters had 15 or more points. So the responsibility shared and spread around hard to stop a team when everybody's able to do 
a good job like that rather than one or two players only. Ben Simmons led the way for the Sixers with 24. Flyers are at Chicago tonight, 8.30. Thursday night football, Washington and Minnesota play. And uh, World Series last night, Washington 12-3 over Houston to go up two games to none. Game three is tomorrow night in Washington, uh, D.C. Also, big news, looks like the Phils are going to be signing Joe Girardi to be their new manager. He managed the Marlins for a year and then the Yankees for about 10 years, including winning the World Series with them in 2009. That was the second of two years the Phillies were in the series. Of course, they won in 08 and lost in 09, and Joe Girardi was managing the Yankees team that beat the Phillies uh, you know, 10 years ago. So it looks like he'll be the new manager replacing Gabe Kapler, who was let go a week or two ago. Uh, our guest right now is Kat Hammock. She is uh, from California, and she's a participant in the program, The Voice. A couple of guests that we've had, uh, when we do this every now and again, we have a chance to, if you follow the show, it's the program where you have uh, um, John Legend, you have Kelly Clarkson, you have uh, uh, Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani. And the program has a lot of different levels to it. The, the quick intro to it, if you're not familiar with it, is there are, are people can you know audition from all over the country, and then eventually there gets to be a smaller group of them who go and actually are on the show. And um, if I remember correctly, the first round is these blind auditions where the four judges have their back to the stage, so they can't see who's singing, and the person will sing. And then if one of the four judges is interested in having that singer on their team, they hit a button. And their chair spins around, and then they see they actually get to see the person who's singing. They don't even know what the person looks like. So sometimes nobody turns around, and then that's it for the contestants. Sometimes all four turn around, and then the judges have to uh, you know, see who the contestant picks. And, and sometimes you know that's a battle. And uh, then there are other nuances to it, but that's kind of the the intro to it. And then they'll have a battle round, which is kind of where things are right now, where they'll take a couple of um, uh, of contestants and they fight against each other so to speak with their singing although they're singing the same song together so it's kind of weird they work together on a song and then after the song one of them winds up uh, you know being being let go so that's the stage we're at right now and our guest right now is um cat hammock and she's with a uh, uh, team uh blake blake shelton how you doing okay hello how you doing i'm good how are you good thanks for joining uh, the show today Anytime. Thank you for having me. Sure thing. Boy, are you having fun or what? Oh, my gosh. You have no idea. It's been <laughs> insane. <laughs> I bet. I bet. I uh, I was wondering, maybe just, um, I like context. So just from the beginning, not the beginning, the very beginning, but what got you interested in giving The Voice a try in the first place? And, and just describe your path a little bit to being on the program at all. Yeah. So this is a kind of a funny story. I got an email from The Voice from one of my YouTube videos, and they just kind of reached out, and it was a little ambiguous, and it was like, hey, you should show up to this audition. Um, and I have a bunch of older siblings, so I sent this to my family group chat, and my older brother was like, Cat, don't do that. That's not real. There's no way that's a real guy. <laughs> and then yeah. my other older brother looked him up on LinkedIn and was like, hey, this guy is, is legit. You should go to this audition. So it's kind of how it started. It was, like, out of the blue. Um, wow. And I, I showed up, and I auditioned, and then, you know, a few auditions later and a few months later, and I had my blind audition. That's <laughs> so amazing. kind of how it started, which was so crazy. But since then, it's been so surreal and just incredible. So they reached out to you. That's very interesting. 
It doesn't surprise me that yeah. that could happen, but that's really cool. And so, so had you been doing, I, I know I was reading through some of the material in your background and having, you know, singing in your church choir and learning piano and doing musical things and yeah. all that. So I guess you had some kind of a presence at some point. You were doing things online, I guess. Yeah, I had a little bit of a YouTube presence, but nothing big. I mean, I didn't have a ton of views on my videos or anything. That's why this whole thing has been so amazing. Um, wow. I just had a few covers out there, and like I posted some originals on there, and that was that was about it. So yeah. it's it's still I don't even know how this happened. Still, that's what's so crazy about it. That's really cool. Well, Kat Hammock's our guest, uh, Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL in Philadelphia. Uh, I was watching your performance along with Josie Jones in the battle round, which was yeah. kind of more like a friendly hangout than it was. I think they even said the judges were like, that was really not <laughs> the word battle might not have been the word to use. Um, but it was. Yeah. Really, yeah. So talk about that. Was a, that was fun. Um, starting with the song Take Me Home Country Roads by John Denver. What led you to uh, that song being the one that you do you have any input in that? Or is it something they say this is what we're going to go with and. and will help you with it or how did that come about yeah so blake chooses our song for the battle round okay um and he chose taking on country roads and miraculously this is the one country song that i've ever learned in my whole life <laughs> um so i did know it super well because i love this song. It's like literally one of my favorite songs and i practiced it on the piano before and sung it and all that so it really worked out for me um and i and Josie also, it's one of her favorite songs. She is a country artist, so yeah. we were super happy with our song choice. Um, I know that they say that it's more of a folk song and less of a country song, but I mean, country's in the title, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so we just kind of mapped out this song. We took, printed out the lyrics and circled the words that we really wanted to emphasize in the song and split it up, and we, we definitely looked at it as more of a duet than a battle I mean that's that's how that's how we think these are supposed to be done, you know. Because we're friends, and it's it's just kind of us singing together and having a good time. And I mean, I loved working with her, and we just we just had a ton of fun mapping out the song and singing together. Well, let's give a little quick sample of it, and then we'll go to a quick break. Joe, you happen to have a? Yeah, let's do that. I love it. We'll do that, and we'll come back and chat with Cat Hammock from the Voice in just a moment on WFIL. Almost heaven. West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads take me home to the place. AM560 WFIL is a little sample of a great song there. We're chatting with Cat Hammock from The Voice. It's the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. You get to know somebody like Josie over time. Like You're not the first person who's used the word friends or we're good friends, but push come to shove. They say, did you know each other a year ago? I say, no, but the process is where I'm assuming you didn't know each other before the voice. Um, right. So, but during the time, okay. right. But, but that word seems to come up a lot. Like it's, it's people who are excited to have this opportunity. And so you're kind of 
rooting for each other because you're just glad to be there, even though you have these skills to use, that you're, you know, that bonding isn't, would it be correct to say that there's a lot of bonding that happens as you're walking together through the process with other contestants who technically are your competition, but you don't think of them that way? Oh, absolutely. It's, I mean, these are some of my best friends that I've ever met in my whole life because mm-hmm. when you're all going through this, the same thing and it's kind of a weird thing that you're doing, you know, and you can't talk about it with your family or your friends for a long time because it's all secret and all of that. So you get really close to these other people who are walking the journey beside you. Um, and Josie, yeah, I, I, she was one of my friends before we were partners, but not like the closest person. Um, I'm not like my closest friend. Yeah. And we definitely got to be really good friends throughout the process. Because every single thing, you know, like we were doing everything together from once we got our battles song to when we were performing it. So it was, it was just incredible to get to know somebody on that level just because we were singing together. Yeah, Josie had kind of a, uh, I want to call it a classic style, like a Tammy Wynette-ish, like a country-ish voice, yeah. right? And then when I heard you sing, yeah, it took totally. like a, like a, it took like a line or two to be like, okay, where's the country? Oh, there it is. And th- it was, I don't know if it was like a, 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 Le- a Leanne Rhymes-ish or something like give her time. And all of a sudden, and I think that's what the judges in the end, they were like, Kat, your voice is just, it's really interesting. Like, I'm not even sure how to define it. And I think that's what Blake said, like Shelton, why he wound up going with you. Cause it was intriguing to him. Like, where could this go? Yeah, no, for sure. And I've gotten that comment so much since I started the show. I mean, I'd heard that before, you know, you I can't even just like say who you sound like. A lot of people have said that to me before. Um, but since the show happened, it's been ample, amplified. I mean, but John called my voice weird in this last, and he's like, I don't even say that this, but your voice is kind of weird. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I have gotten that comment a lot now, but, I mean, yeah. cool. At least I'm being, doing something original, I guess. <laughs> How do you stay grounded, Kat, with everything going on? Um, I'm I'm Catholic, and I'm practicing, so oh. I that's kind of how I stay grounded, honestly, is yeah. I'm always praying and this really helped me throughout this whole process. I bet. To keep it in perspective and to realize the, the overall path about, you know, maybe why some of the things are happening too, even the fact how you got picked in the first place to audition. Maybe, maybe God. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, this is really not the path that I ever would have expected myself to be on. Yeah. But the fact that I'm on it, I owe all of that to God, and I'm always keeping that in mind. So That's it's great. been it's been amazing, and it's really shown me that, you know, my plans for my life aren't necessarily God's plans for my life, but this is way cooler than what I had in mind, so... <laughs> <laughs> you can trust Him. That's, that's the best part. So... Yeah. That's great. Kat, thank you so much for taking time. Congratulations. Keep enjoying, and God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thanks so much for having me. Sure thing. Bye-bye. Bye. That's Kat Hammock with The Voice, sharing a little bit of insight in her journey with the program and in life. Pretty cool. like hearing from her. And we're going to do a short break, come back with one other uh, really cool story on a different uh, different way of things. Here we have uh, Kyle Carpenter. He is the youngest living recipient of the Medal of Honor, the highest military decoration in the U.S. He has a book called You Are Worth It, Building a Life Worth Fighting For. An incredible story. We'll chat with him for a few moments here. It's Tim DeMoss Show coming up with uh, Kyle in just a moment. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com.
live and local. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 443 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. On November 21st, 2010, U.S. Marine Lance Corporal Kyle Carpenter was posted on a rooftop in violent Helmand Province in Afghanistan. An enemy grenade skittered toward Kyle and fellow Marine Nick Frazio. Without hesitation, Kyle chose a path of selfless heroism that few can imagine. He jumped on the grenade, saving Nick, but sacrificing himself. And joining us now is Lance Corporal Kyle Carpenter. How are you, sir? I'm living the dream. How are you? <laughs> Great. You know, as I, I read, uh, you are worth it, building a life worth fighting for. There are certain words that came to mind. Uh, humility, kindness, winsomeness, and wisdom. And I think a servant mentality, too, because you want to help other people. It's a story, right? Both the military component, but also a bigger end game: how to help other people. Absolutely. Uh, well, I appreciate that, and that is an amazing review. So uh, I'm <laughs> I'm very proud of that, and thank you for taking the time to read it. But you're exactly right. This book, you know, I was injured nine years ago, and I'm just now completing it and and writing it, which I started about two years ago. But I've waited this long because it took me many years not only to uh, to think deeply and to reflect and heal, uh, but to understand the perspective that I wanted to share with people. And I didn't want to just write a book that only service members or veterans or someone that had been to combat could understand. I wanted the words on, on these pages to transcend all boundaries. And I wanted anyone and everyone, no matter your background or where you come from in life, to be able to pick this up and not only understand it, but take lessons from it. And many of those lessons, uh, I'm thankful that I went through them as hard as they were because now I can share them with people but at times, you know, those lessons and that perspective only came because I was forced to search for the silver linings and those faint glimmers of hope through those long, dark and painful nights, days of surgery and therapy and my three years and almost 40 surgeries recovering while at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center. Wow. Chatting with Lance Corporal Kyle Carpenter, the youngest living recipient of the Medal of Honor, the highest military uh, decoration in the United States, uh, saving the life of a fellow Marine, uh, you know, by throwing yourself on top of a grenade, summarizing super briefly, obviously a lot more before that and afterwards. Had you ever, you know, when you go into the service, you're aware that there's danger um, and you're thinking maybe on behalf of the country or, or America. And, and there's, a, there's a lot in the book that just, we can't jam into just our little conversation here. But had it occurred to you? that giving your life for someone specific that you could see, that might be part of what you're going to do when serving, not just on behalf of America, so to speak. Uh, it didn't. And I didn't go in you know, ignorant or completely naive. Uh, obviously, I knew we were in a time of two conflicts. But to think about getting injured, uh, and especially getting killed, I think that is 
too surreal to really think about or try to understand beforehand before you really are in those situations. But, you know, with that said, even though I kind of understood, I guess, the risk as much as I could, uh, I joined to commit myself, my path, and now my body to a bigger and greater purpose than myself or any one individual. And so no matter what uh, the potential risk or outcome of my military service or career was, uh, the reasons I joined uh, overshadowed any concerns that I had. You had uh, shared in the book, you know, when you first got interested in the military, a little tease when you were a young, younger uh, guy, I guess, at a youth group missions trip, seeing a little T-shirt with the word Marines on it. And then later in high school, the idea of being behind a desk, not not that it's bad for, you know, but you thought I need, especially at this time in our history and I'm in great shape, what can I do to make a bigger difference? And you even talked about feeling called to serve as opposed to my dream is to do this or my goal. It's a calling. Maybe you can share a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I thought that Marine shirt was uh, that just, it was almost like putting on a, a Superman, you know, costume. <laughs> right. uh, and so, yeah, I held that very dearly. And little did I know that one day I would really be wearing the uniform of the United States Marine. And also, I I don't go too far into it in the book, but... Uh, I went also went on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic when growing up during high school and, you know, seeing how happy those people were, but seeing the environment that they lived in, the struggle that they faced every day, waking up, you know, not knowing if and when their, their next meal was, was going to come. And so those things, along with moving around growing up, my dad was in business and sales, always having to adapt, meet new people, leave what I knew. And it was always, at times, hard starting over, but it was always uh, an experience and one that I'm very thankful for now because I feel like it allowed me to be prepared and to confidently go into the unknown, which uh, is accompanied by a life of service, especially as an infantry Marine. U.S. Marine Lance Corporal Kyle Carpenter, our guest for a few moments, uh, recipient of the Medal of Honor. The book is called You Are Worth It, Building a Life Worth Fighting For. Just a brief break. We'll come back and wrap up our chat with uh, Kyle and the program as well here. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. 453, Tim DeMoss Show, AM560 WFIL. Lance Corporal Kyle Carpenter, our guest. The book is called You Are Worth It, Building a Life Worth Fighting For. And I think it is really well written because it weaves in and out of the military side, the actual story and the drama and very real um, at the same time, you can tell that your life's, that's not the defining. It's although it's life altering, it's not life defining. Your life didn't stop then. And there's so much more going on to college, graduating, uh, all the surgeries, all the marathons, like, and, and you're still in your, I guess your twenties or, uh, you, you know, lots of life to go. Lots of, encouragement. uh, I turned, uh, 30 at about 2 AM last night. So <laughs> happy birthday to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. 
Well, but, but that's really what you're hoping also folks to know, to, to be able to use these things that you're, you're sharing about and the, the lessons of service and things that your parents taught you growing up and things you learned at church and how to help other people to see that there is a lot more that they, you know, they're not just average people, that there's a lot of gift that they've been given and let's use them. Absolutely. And uh, just, you know, I, I would like to end with telling people that you don't always have to know where you're going, uh, even what the next day or therapy session or surgery holds. Uh, but, you know, just take that small step forward and um, that you might be physically, mentally, and emotionally different, and that's okay, but uh, you truly can come out better and stronger than whatever it was in life that knocked you down. You're doing motivational speaking too, right? So is there a way for folks to reach out if they would like to have you come speak at an event or a website, or or is there a mean... uh, uh, well, Google if you want to follow my journey, yeah. uh, I, I am uh, on Instagram and Twitter, Chicks Dig Scars, and I also have a website, uh, com. So if you'd like to reach out, you can put requests through there. But okay. uh, thank you for bringing that up. And I'm slowly working my way back into my speaking career, which I put on hold to make this book and writing my priority, which I'm thankful I did because of the way it turned out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I... Um, I speak to anyone and everyone from elementary school kids, which are always the most interesting and have the best questions, all the way to, uh, you know, corporate companies um, and and big groups like that. So uh, everyone, I don't think uh, we can ever have too much perspective, and that's what I speak about and just simple but uh, profound lessons that I have learned, again, through the struggle and beautiful uh, times uh, through my journey. Yeah. Well, we greatly appreciate your time. I don't know if you've ever thought, I mean, with your, your upbringing and your church background, there was one single verse that jumped to mind immediately when I read the book in the Gospel of John, where it says, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And that's what you did, even though you still said you don't remember doing it. And it's maybe a collection of why to that point in your life, you know, you were the person you were that acted in the, in the, with that speed but uh, I don't know if that ever came that that's jumped to mind for you, or if that, that that's been brought to your attention before, or not. But uh, well, I think that's uh, the beautiful thing about the human spirit. You never know when, how, or, or to what capacity you're going to step up, and uh, you know, big or small, be a hero and um, a shining light for someone struggling uh, around you. Lance Corporal Kyle Carpenter, the book, You Are Worth It, Building a Life Worth Fighting For. Thank you so much for taking time with us today. I appreciate it, sir. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. We're winding down the Tim DeMoss show here in the last moment or two. Joe, it's quite a story there to hear uh, Kyle speak. The Medal of Honor, uh, the youngest living recipient of that, the highest military decoration in the U.S. And the story is fascinating, uh, and and it really is well worth a, a read. So I have a copy here, Joe. I'll let you borrow it if you promise to return it. Well, okay. okay, never mind. I'll just keep it. <laughs> so as we come down the home stretch, we, just for fun, because, you know, Joe, one of the things we like to do in this broadcast is give stuff away. Sure. And obviously on a serious topic like that, I really enjoy talking with Kyle there. Uh, I, I don't want to go too goofy, but I'm thinking we, we do the gift card thing. Brian or Chevrolet provides those for us. So um, how about we in the next uh, – I'll, I'll do this because we'll kind of do it off the air. We have about a minute left here. So if uh, for anybody who can text me in the next, um, let's say – 
five minutes, three minutes, make it three minutes. Okay. The four military branches, right? He was a Marine. So yes. text me the four military branches mm-hmm. in the next, you know, few minutes. I don't know if I, I always want to be careful. Someone's driving or something like that. I don't want to assume anything. Just text the four military branches and we'll take the first, let's say, five people to win a gift card. Yeah. Give away five cards. Yeah. Well, you know, we're living large. Living like Thanksgiving because it is coming up. $5.60, just a fun little token, a nice little prize to one of the, you know, Wawa Duncan type things that we have going. All right. 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Take the first five to text in to win. Have a great night. Jim Maximax, 4-3rd Tim Ministries. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.